Thank you for listening to the Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. We'd love to have you at any of our three campuses. In Columbia, join us at 3506 Broad River Road. If you're in Orangeburg, meet us at 990 Willington Drive. In Florence, join us at 1507 West King Avenue. For more information, including service times, visit rdci.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today's message is a legacy of faith by Dr. Marsha Bailey. Praise God. Well, listen, this has been phenomenal. And I I need to leave that alone and have this so I can kind of like walk this thing out in a way. I need to walk it out in a little bit. But check this out. This has been crazy. Y'all session, Kingdom Business Network was like crazy. I was watching that online. It was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Bishop had already said it, but it was phenomenal. So blessed, so blessed by it. And I, hopefully y'all caught it. If you didn't catch it, you can still catch it. For whatever reason you didn't catch it, just shame on you. You know, just shame on you. I mean, I'm telling you, every time we kind of just dismiss or disregard a spiritual thing, you have to run harder to walk in the timing of God. God is moving so fast. Y'all hear me? The spirit of the Lord is moving so fast. Reason being because Jesus is soon to come. And God wants to catch his people up to every prophetic word that he's giving you because he's not man that he should lie. He wants you to experience the fullness of his promises and his blessings. So he'll bring things to you. That will boggle your mind, but it's only faith will empower you to step in it. And so and if you don't step in it, you'll miss it. And then you'll try to catch up with it. And you have to run really fast and really hard to catch up with it. And naturally, some of us just don't have that stamina. But I speak a super on your natural. So you have the stamina that's in, uh, that's, has, is strengthened and infused by the Holy Ghost in this season. Somebody say, I receive that. Glory to God. So it's just been a phenomenal conference. Always a prophetic conference. I, and and our, our, my husband, our bishop, come on, let's give it up for him. We thank God for him, the visionary. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Amazing. This prophetic word he's given us. And I truly, truly thank God for his leadership and the unction that he takes heed to and allows us to kind of get a sneak peek of certain things by what God gives him. And it's just such a blessing to have such a prophetic leader, a powerful leader in such an end time season in the kingdom. Amen. Praise God. In Jesus' name, I thank God for my husband. Everything's been phenomenal. I've been blessed. And this theme is multi-generational faith. And I just thought it was just so awesome that anytime, especially Friday, I'm the last one always, usually. I try to, sometimes I think one year I was first because he takes every scripture. He takes everything. And because we sleep together, we have the same thoughts sometimes, you know. It's like, man, you brought, I mean, to come with the same scripture, same thoughts. I said, wait a minute. Is he in my journal? Is he in my iPad? You know, and it used to, it used to like make me a little bit unsettled, but I thought, I don't, you know, it's all good because I believe God, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we're going to go to first, second Timothy. We go back into the word that God's given my husband, our bishop, 
And it just so blessed me because I kept hearing certain things and confirmation of certain things. And as you know, and my, my husband shared, we are a family of faith. We are people of faith. All my children know is this faith walk. That's all they know. That's all they've seen us do. You know, and so they, they watched us follow the voice of God and walk it out by faith. And as he was teaching and sharing all these different stories and experiences, this was just running through my mind. And it's so interesting. And I, as I began meditating on this thing regarding my family and that we have family of multi-generational faith people, that I, you know, I started understanding some things because I realized, jumping a little bit ahead of myself, that in my, uh, my immediate Baton passer, which would be my mother and father, weren't people of faith. So as a result of it, I, I had so much of my paradigm in me. I had so much of what books may say or what things can happen. And the voice of God has to override all of that for me to step out. So which many of us are dealing with. You got to get enough word in you, which is faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You got to get enough word in you to handle the chatter in your own soul that limits you from stepping out and obeying the voice of God. So my children, that's all they know, right? That's all they know because this is what they saw and this is what they heard. The challenge is with some of us that our kids know what they hear but they are watching what they see. So we have to, as parents, as grandparents, as aunts and uncles, family members, mentors, whatever you may be, you got to make sure your, your, worth, your life is lining up with the word of faith that you're trying to teach because they're watching you. So I start thinking about my kids who wanted to do things that were just like beyond my thinking they're like, well, I want to go play basketball overseas. And, you know, I was raised that, girl, you step off that street, you know, you get hit by a car. You know, you know, like, you know, we were taught to be afraid. You know, teach me to watch for the red light and the green light. <laughs> Don't teach me that if I walk in the street, I'll get hit by a car. Teach me how to govern myself in an orderly way in this system so I don't get hurt. Don't instill fear to keep me from moving out of what you might be fearful of me experiencing. So my kids, we didn't do those things with our kids. So when they would say, I want to do this, we was like, where you get that from? But faith. So the chatter of you can't do didn't keep them from doing because all they saw their parents doing. You understand? And so I started thinking about even when my, when my son who wanted to play football. He wanted to go to Hampton University. I, I don't know if you, you I think you might have shared that. And, and my husband said, you know, I got an in-state tuition plan for you. You can go to any college in the state of South Carolina. I prepared for that. But he was like, I feel that I should go to Hampton. And I'll never forget this because he was, he said, well, if I get a scholarship, football scholarship, can I go? He's playing football for his private school. And at the time, the chatter, you know, you might go to a, another school that don't give real athletic scholarships. You can get an academic scholarship and you can play on their athletic team. 
But our school is not positioned for a flow of recruits at that level to find you so you can go to that level. But he had something in him that told him that's the school he should go to. So I believe at that time, he may not realize it, God was orchestrating, choreographing as the air traffic control of his life, destiny, and purpose. And so all he knew, it was an unction. I don't know if he heard an audible voice, felt an impression within his heart, or a pull, but he knew that's where he wanted to go. And I remember he went up to bed after we having a conversation, and he came down. He said, Ma, I really want to go to that school. I said, okay, sir, let's touch and agree. He said, well, can, will we pray? Can you pray with me on this? So we touched and agreed, and we prayed. Long story short, my son, who went to a school that he wanted to go to, we didn't think he was going to go to, but he said, the Lord told me, of, and God orchestrated that destiny and purpose. You got to be really careful with individuals and what you say to them when they say the Lord told them something. What they had going for them, Pastor Trey, was that all they know is what their parents did. Doing what the Lord told them. So even though we was wondering, the spirit of God's voice was stronger than the wonderings. Because they didn't have that generation of people they look up to say, you can't, you won't. This doesn't happen. God doesn't do this. Things don't happen this way. All they heard was God can, God will, God does those things. We believe God. So when they heard a voice from God or whatever, they continued to hold on to what was spoken. And it allowed them to be in a place of faith to pull for what God has ordained for them in destiny. So he goes to the school, media degree. Here's his brother, needs a highlight tape. He creates something. That made my son look like a superstar. <laughs> Lit him up, made him look like he was like huge, running down a football field, catching someone, tackling them, send the DVD to Hampton. They call him. They want to offer him a scholarship. Tried to come to one of the games, but something happened. They couldn't come to the game. Offer the scholarship anyway. Gets the contract, signs the contract. He goes and tells his coaches, I got a contract, a scholarship to the school. Boy, you crazy. That's my word. Boy, you crazy. Nobody from that school will ever look at anybody from this school. I want to let you know, coach, I got the scholarship. The people in his life who say it can't happen didn't even believe it would ha did happen when it did happen. They had to talk to the coaches and it boggled their minds that he got this scholarship. What am I saying? When we live a faith before our children or the people in our life, the opposition, the resistance, the chatter will not invade them. Because all they know is what the word says. And so I start thinking about this book I had. God brought this book back to me. It said, Breaking Generational Curses and What Happens When You Have Godly Influence, People of Faith in Your Life. In this book, it has 
basically two trees in here, the power of the generational curse and the power of, you know, of faith. And so you have here a cursed family. And so May, I, I guess I could have ran this off and put it on the screen for you, but sorry, y'all. Max Jukes, an atheist. His wife was a godless woman. God help me, Jesus. Y'all better really, really be careful who you marry. Okay, that's all I got to say. All right. So they had 560 descendants. 310 died as paupers. Broke. Destitute. 150 criminals. 100 alcoholics. Seven murderers. And more than half the women were prostitutes. The descendants of Max and his wife cost the U.S. government more than 1.2 million million dollars in the 19th century for having to take care of them. Okay, here you have a godly family. Jonathan Edwards and his wife are Christian. I don't know why they know his name, but they don't know her name. What's up with that? What's up with that? Uh, 1,394 descendants. Over double the fruit of seed. 294 college graduates. 13 college presidents. 65 college professors, 30 judges, 75 officers in the military, one dean of a law school, 100 well-known missionaries, 80 held public office, 100 lawyers, three state governors, three mayors of large cities, one comptroller of the, of the U.S. Treasury, and one vice president of the United States. Multi-generational faith proves, uh, produces multi-generational blessings. And that's what God wants us to experience. And many of us are just starting this out. Or you have a legacy. And 2 Timothy speaks of the legacy of faith that Timothy had. 2 Timothy, the first chapter, the fifth Verse, going to the seventh verse, I'm reading the King James translation. Then I'm going to go to another translation. It says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you. He said, I'm thinking about the faith that I see in you that's genuine, that's sincere. Check this out. And it means without hypocrisy. So this faith that you have is genuine and it's sincere and it's without hypocrisy. Don't want to get stuck there. Faith that is in thee, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in our mother Eunice, I am persuaded that is in you also. Wherefore, I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting of my hands for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. The passion translation of this says, as I think of your strong faith, genuine, sincere, and faith without hypocrisy is strong. Empowering you to do some stuff that in a natural you don't think you could do. Help you, as I think uh, 
Bishop Rosie said to withstand what you don't think you could withstand. That was passed down through your family line. It began with your grandmother, Lois, who passed it on to your mother, Eunice. And it's clear, glory to God, that you too are following in the footsteps of your godly example. I'm writing you to encourage you to fan into a flame and rekindle the fire of that spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. For God will never give you a spirit of fear, but but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. So this is so phenomenal to me because here you have Paul talking to his spiritual son. So here you have, so you know, those of us think, oh my God, naturally, I don't got this in my life. But here you have spiritually. It's his spiritual son. He's trying to prepare him for the baton he's getting ready to pass to him. Prepare him for ministry. And he want to remind him, your faith is strong, boy. You got this. These two letters are all about preparation for his next, for what he was giving him. He said, listen, you have what it takes. I know you're young. People may despise you, but you have what it takes. Why? Because I seen your grandmother. And I seen your mother. She's married to a man who's not of faith, but she was a woman of ministry. Your grandmother and your mother it wasn't just people of faith. They served the house of God. So if you think about it, you say, well, you know, my husband's not saved or my mother, wife is not saved. It's not that bad. But back then, to be unevenly yoked during a time when they killed people for believing in Jesus was a very dangerous lifestyle. You were ostracized. You were hated. Things were probably cut off from you. You couldn't exchange. He said, but your people's faith was so strong. That they walked through the streets and weren't hypocrites. They weren't living like Greek, believing like Greeks. They held on to their non-compromising faith. During a time when it was inconvenient, unprofitable, and unsafe, they held the faith. They were able to deal with all that. So, Timmy, you can deal with the people who don't like you. Timothy, you can handle the chatter. Timothy, you can handle people despising you. You know, today we're like, they don't like me, they don't like me because this and that. You know what? You have what it takes if you're connected to a lineage of faith. And I want to let you know, some of you are connected to a lineage. You say, it's not in my house, but it's in this house. All we know is God. All we know is how to believe God. We are straight up people of faith. Come on now. We'll believe with you. We'll pray with you. And we have worked the faith principles. So here you have. He said you can draw from your mother and you can draw from your grandmother. And I want to insert you can draw from your bishop or you can draw from your co-pastor. Or you can draw from your mentor. You can draw from your disciple. Don't think all is lost. But if you, he said, I believe that it's in you. He said, and one translation, he said, because you followed them. I, I hope I can get through this. He said, because you followed them, not just listen to them. Hear me now by the Spirit of the Lord. There's a separation in the house of God of people who just listen to 
the word or and follow the word. Them who follow God are going to do exploits. Those who listen just to the word of God is going to try to figure this thing out. You're going to be able to differentiate between those who truly follow God. He said, you follow, you follow them so you have what it takes. And so I had to think about, here you have the natural and the spiritual. Even in this conference right here, the natural and the spiritual is converged as one. I can't help but think about my natural, my natural son as he moved forward in the things of God. And I'm sure he was, at one point in time, he was wondering, well, God, how am I going to do this and how am I going to do this? But I, I could hear my husband say, son... I want to let you know, the faith that I see in you is in me too. And not just that, I've seen it in your mother. And I've seen it in your Uncle Scotty. And I know you have what it takes to do what you need to do because you didn't just listen to us, you followed us. The reason why I know this, because I never forget when he came back from school and got planted in the ministry and listening to the word. And I never forget he comes to me. He said, Mom, come here. Mom, Mom, Mom. I said, what? Lay your hands on me. And he, I think he went to his father. Pray for me. Lay your hands on me. I was like, son, what are you talking about? You're good. Wait. No, no, no. I want to have the impartation of what's in you. And then on, on my father, I want you to lay hands on me. So he did not just allow his association to us to be the cosign he needs to do what he has in his heart to do. He wants the impartation. What's in us to be in him. He said, what are you talking about? It's the spirit of faith. Paul talks about it. We believe, therefore, we speak as it is written. It's a spirit of faith attached to people of God. If you look at them in the natural, you'll miss it. You'll miss it. But when you see them through the lens of the Holy Ghost, you realize, man, they got something much more different than us down the street. There's something in them that I can't wrap my brain around. It's the spirit of faith. What will it do? It cause you when you got a pink slip in your hand from one business, show up in Bible study, get on your face and pray. Because trying to figure out how I'm going to make something from nothing, how I'm going to start again, what am I going to do? And what happens? You come up to a place where two people don't really know anybody, start something when we didn't have anything, but believe God's word that he'll be with us, that he'll lead us and guide us. And as a result, you see the fruit from the root of faith. We don't sit down and talk to you, but by the spirit of the Lord, you understand there's a spirit of faith attached to this house. That if I get in a place of getting connected and following with everything I have, this pink paper would turn into something else. Would turn into contracts. Would turn into deeds. Would, would turn into would turn into paper. You turn to you stacking paper when you understand your lineage. And when I'm saying so many of y'all don't understand your lineage because we're so smart <laughs> that we're spiritually dumb. And I got to say it this way because time is winding up, y'all. 
And I just sense, even though we ain't going anywhere physically, but there's a place that we are in right now. It's about to shift. And you're going to try to catch that thing that was at that place and we had left that place. We ain't there anymore. And there's certain things we ain't talking about anymore because we're not there anymore. Why will I reach back and talk about something that God's not really on anymore when he's on this right now? So here he's telling me, he said, you have what it takes. Say this, I have what it takes. So he says, I need you to take that faith. And you fan the flame. You fan, you breathe on that gift. He said, and so if you look at it, he talks about, I think in the first book of Timothy, he says that there was a prophet, war with the prophecy that you received from the laying on of hands. Then he tells them in 2 Timothy to fan it with your faith with what you receive from the laying on of hands. So he's saying there's a gift that God imparted in you when prophetic people, anointed people, call people, pray for you. I need you not to bring them every plan you think you need. God gave you something. Can you come up? Can you give me a plan? Can you talk to me about my plan? Can you give me five steps to the plan? We lay hands on you. We ignited something on the inside of you. Now it's up to you to take your faith and breathe on that thing and, and, and fan it. And you say, well, it don't. Don't comparisons is a dangerous thing when it said, well, it don't look like what I see on social media. Well, don't look like that. Fan it, girl. Fan it, brother. Breathe on that thing. Throw some wood on it. You fan it. We can't throw the wood on it for you. The 2021 Direction Conference was three days of life-changing worship, word, and multi-generational faith. Conference hosts Bishop Herbert Bailey and Dr. Marsha Bailey, along with conference guests Bishop Rosie O'Neill, Pastor John Jenkins, and Pastor Mark Baker, took us to another level in our faith, especially the faith that we passed down to generations after us. And you need to get that word today. To order today's message or the conference package, call 877-798-5433 or order online at www.rightdirection.info. Ask for the 2021 Direction Conference. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations.